So the big question is this. How does a powerful, high-achieving woman who's successful in every part of her life, except with men, dating, and relationships, meet, attract, and create that healthy relationship that lasts with the right man? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Barry Price, and welcome to Her Dating and Relationship Secrets. Secret number 141, how to stop thinking about him. This comes from the very popular question that I get all the time, like recently from one of my clients, Mary, who couldn't stop thinking about a guy. She'd been seeing him two, three months, and it was amazing when she was getting his attention, right? He was a romantic, intense, sweep you off your feet kind of guy. The sun shines on you fully when he actually wants to see you. And long nights of torrid passion. But he also ran hot and cold. He'd disappear for days. He'd make excuses. And when he wanted something from her again, he'd show up. This was part of the healing she needed to do from a pattern she'd had for a very long time, for decades. And we were working to get to the root of it and release her from this obsession that she would have around getting the guy that wasn't available, the guy that was uh, amazing in moments, but ignoring her, pulling away from her, the avoidant attachment style guy. We knew that she had roots in her childhood that had caused this around the non-presence of the male figure. But what was she supposed to do when she couldn't concentrate on her work or when she wanted to keep checking her texts or fishing for responses from him when he'd be pulling away and disappearing? In fact, how could she just let go and move on? Well, first of all, we have to understand that the reason we become compulsively attached or obsessed is because we have a deep emotional need that our story is telling us can only be met this way right now through this person. It's getting the person you can't get to choose you, to actually choose you. You can't scratch that itch by calling back the super nice guy who's had a crush on you at work for five years, but that you're not attracted to. So it's not a one-to-one. -one. It's not apples and apples. If you just try to see a different guy, it begins with, like our success pattern, it begins with seeing what the pattern is, checking into what the qualities are in the men that you can't stop thinking about, the ones that make you anxious when you don't hear back from them, the ones you really wished wanted you the way you wanted them to want you. I remember a client saying to me once, Barry, I need your help because the guys I want don't want me, and the guys that want me, I don't want. Maybe that's your pattern. Maybe that's what's going on when you crave somebody emotionally and then mentally obsess over them. So typically, there's a few stages to this, right? There's the setup. The setup is, what is it that gave us a 
propensity towards being susceptible to this kind of obsession? What is it that, you know, makes us kind of wiggle that half loose tooth in our mouth growing up that we just can't leave it alone? We just can't stop thinking of that guy, maybe even the guy that you haven't seen in a long time, but he's still there lingering in the periphery of your mind on a lonely night or when you're not happy with the, the person you've started seeing or around the holidays. Or sometimes these guys have a radar and they'll pop up again and you'll be debating with yourself. I know he's not good for me, right? but why do I still feel tempted? Why do I still want to see him? We've got to go back to what the setup is. What was the experience you had early in your life? Or it doesn't always have to be in childhood. It could be a very strong, intense experience you had as a teenager, as a young woman, or in your marriage, or at some other point. Typically, something where we felt amazing emotional closeness and attachment, and then complete loss with lack of control. Like being a young girl whose father passes away, or goes away, or falling deeply in love with someone in your teen years or early 20s and feeling very dependent on them because they were the first person to believe in you or help you get out of the house or home that you were in, but then finding them pulling away abruptly or confusingly or without explanation, leaving you with a sense of loss but no power and no answers. That can be the setup, the thing that created this familiarity that later on some other guy taps into. You know, like this old uh, Cinderella fairy tale, the shoe fits. It's like, well, that thing in childhood or that really powerful emotional experience you had may have created this emotional story in you that the guy you can't stop thinking of fits perfectly. He's been cast in the role of missing guy or man who really wants me, but we're star-crossed lovers. If only he would just change and see how amazing we could be. We're so great in those moments when he's actually showing up. Why can't he be the full partner that I want? Doesn't he see how great we would be? So that's thing number one is the setup. Where is it coming from? What is this pattern of yours that you've had? Where did it start? Thing number two is recognizing that this form of compulsive, obsessive attachment is when we are convinced we cannot get that same need met another way. It does help loosen the level of ob obsession. Is it obsessive obsessivity? I was going to say obsessivity. I'm inventing words in here. But it reduces that level of attachment and obsession or obsessivity. Let's just roll with it. If we have other ways to meet that same emotional need, that's why step one, the setup is so important. Understanding where it really comes from so you understand what the real emotional need is that you're meeting. You may think that it's to not be alone on a Friday night or to have physical touch and intimacy, but then you try to get it another way or through another person and it's not the same. It's not the same as that guy that you want it from or you obsess about or can't let go of or get over. 
Why is that? Why are we still comparing? Because it's not exactly the same. Sometimes we have emotional needs we don't like to admit. In my 20s, as I was working through healing, I needed a combination of someone who really seemed like they they thought I was amazing, but also was kind of emotionally disconnected and unavailable to me sometimes. They wanted me, but they also didn't. It was like sweet and sour, tenderness and mild neglect. Because that pushed my buttons. If somebody was too easy for me to get and just have, because in my 20s I was playing with this idea of of reassuring my fear I wasn't good enough by wanting to know I had that person. They were dependent. They wanted to stay there. They were mine. And yet that was also a turnoff because it wasn't healthy. It didn't feel good if someone just, you know, had puppy dog eyes for you and would do anything and they were putting all of who they were aside. There's nothing to that. That's not a relationship. So it didn't scratch my itch, really, if somebody was just like, anything you say, Barry, I'll I'll be anyone you want me to be. It's like, there's nothing there. That's not healthy. It's not a relationship. But I also wasn't able to fully receive a healthy type of love from a healthy woman because I wasn't emotionally healthy. So it had to be this combination. That's what That's what was meeting my emotional needs, some of the positive things I was getting from the relationship and some of the negative emotions that needed to be there because it was a a flavor I'd grown up tasting, right? That thing of being with a, a mother figure who was both loving and disrespecting of boundaries. That was my setup that then affected the way that I was going to crave certain kinds of women. Those were the women that it was harder for me to walk away from or not be attracted to. I would feel drawn to them and say, I know they're not good for me, but. And so for Mary, it was beginning to recognize all of the boxes it was checking, that this was a person who had intensity and also was unavailable and that that was an important thing for her emotional pattern. It wasn't a healthy thing, but it was an important need for it to check the box of something that felt like it matched that setup wound that she had. So once you begin to realize your healthy and unhealthy needs that are being met through this person you're fixated on, then you can begin meeting your needs in healthier ways. So what's the unavailability part about? Do I need to go back and and do some healing around those original wounds of not having someone available to me fully? Or my fear of loss, right? Fear is always underneath these things. And then the final part, step three is where you start doing things to set boundaries to let go. I'm not going to text him. I'm not going to call him. I know it's not good for me to see him. But if you're not meeting the needs in step two, then it's just kind of like going on a self-denial diet. You can't lose weight by just never eating and starving yourself and sustaining it in a healthy way. You'll cave eventually, right? You're going to have to eat because you need food. So similarly, you can't just deny yourself the unhealthy guy. It's like if you want to stop eating tons of pizza and donuts, you need to start eating something else, preferably something healthier, while also working on the cravings. So we have the setup, 
what is the origin story of this set of needs? When did it start? The feeling you have, the kind of guy it is that, that is your kryptonite. When did that start in your life? What are the healthy and unhealthy needs that this guy meets? What itches does it scratch? And what are the healthier ways you can meet those needs or work on the fears underneath them? That's all within that bigger system that we have to work through if we want to heal and move forward. But that's the key of really getting underneath and going deep on why we just can't let go easily of certain people, even when we know it's better for us. Thanks for joining us. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and also share this with anyone that you think it could help because I'm on a mission to help 1 million successful women have healthy, lasting relationships. Thank you.